Welcome to the Locked On Sooners Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, John Hoover. It is Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John Hoover, and for the next 30 minutes, I am in your ear. It's Tuesday, November 26th. We do this every single day. If you call yourself a Sooner fan, then you need to tell your friends, tell your family, Heck, tell your Cuban tree frog that you are locked on Sooners. Again, I'm John Hoover from 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Find my written works at thefranchiseok.com and sportingnews.com. They're both free. Thefranchiseok.com is where you'll find my column on Grant Calcaterra yesterday, who gave us a 20-minute interview last night, and it was fantastic. If you want to watch a video of that interview, go over to my YouTube channel. Just look for John Hoover, and please, Sooner fans, trust me, if you're an OU fan, this is one you have to watch. Just go to YouTube and search for John Hoover. You don't have to subscribe, but I'd appreciate it if you did. I've got Lincoln Riley posted up there, Jalen Hurts, Alex Grinch, and a lot more. Maybe the easiest way just to keep up with all my content, including this podcast and and the Inside OU podcast that I do for the franchise, is to just follow me on Twitter at John E. Hoover. I also post everything on Facebook at John E. Hoover Media. And don't forget to follow Locked On Sooners on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. It's Tuesday and it is Bedlam week. So today we're going to hear from the head coach. We're going to do things a little differently today. So stick around for that. I'm going to catch you up on last night's basketball game against Stanford. And in the final segment, we'll see where Jalen Hurts stands in this week's Heisman Watch. It is Thanksgiving week and we all got our minds on some turkey. So let's get this thing started. First things first, number nine ranked Oklahoma takes on number 22 Oklahoma State this Saturday night in Stillwater, a 7 p.m. game on Fox. OU is a 13-point favorite, although that line opened at 14.5, and and it has fluctuated both down and then back up. Let's jump right into it and hear from the head coach. It's Lincoln Riley's press conference. Excited, excited about Bedlam. Always am, and kind of doesn't matter when this game falls, where it's at, always a Obviously, a meaningful football game for for this state. It's been very important in a lot of championship races over the last several years, and you know this obviously being no different. And um, it's going to be fun. We're excited, excited to get get out to Stillwater and play. Um, guys are um, really, really looking forward to this one as always. This is one of the, one of the the best rivalry games, without a doubt. Um, and. You know, being the last game of the year, certainly uh, our last regular season game of the year, certainly one that you know we're very motivated to go play our very best ball, and uh, I think we got a, an, an opportunity to, to work this week and build towards doing that. So, um, with that, we'll go ahead and jump into questions. Okay, we'll start with Al. First seven games really consistent. Last four games seems like you have been able to put two halves together. Uh, it's a reason, I think. Uh, I would argue I don't think we were very consistent the first seven games. I mean, I, I think that's a little bit who we've been as a team, and uh, and everybody everybody deals with that. I mean, that's everybody's everybody in the country fighting the consistency battle and want to play your best ball as as much as you possibly can. And uh, so, no, I, I mean, I think in a lot of ways we're we're moving forward, especially the last couple of weeks. We've done. We've done some things much better than we could ever even dreamt of doing in the first seven games. We've played, I think, better competition. And then also we have made some critical errors that 
have held us back from being able to separate in those games. And uh, you can't do that. It's part of the game. I, I think 90% of what we're doing right now is, is drastically improved from where we were at any point early or mid-season. Uh, we can't let that 10% just kill us. And uh, the, the 10% the last couple of weeks, especially the turnovers, has been so devastating that it's, you know, either put us in a hole like it did against Baylor or kept the game close the other night that, in our opinion, shouldn't have been very close. And, uh, but, you, you know, that's, you know, we can't do that. We got we to gotta get better. We got to play better on that 10%. But there's a lot, when you go back and watch the film and we study it, there's a lot that we're doing better just overall as a football team that, that makes you pretty excited about these next ones coming up. Okay, Jenny Carlson. Uh, Lincoln, obviously, if you take sort of a bird's eye view of Jalen's year, been very good. But he's obviously been very different than your last two guys stylistically. As you think about him um, now getting towards the end of the regular season, how do you overall sort of think about his impact and just his play in your offense this year? Oh, he's had a huge impact. I mean, he's uh, what he's been able to do. I mean, every, every part of this is new for him, every single part. Every opponent's new. The offense is new, living in a new place, new program, new coaches, new teammates, uh, doing it with a basically completely new offensive line. I mean, it's all it's all new, and uh, I think he's done a great job. I really do. I mean, he's been per very productive. He's been durable. He's ran the ball extremely well. He's having a passing season right now that's one of the tops in the history of this game. I mean, so... You know, for, for he and I, as we go through it, there's there's always things that that I can do better coaching him, him with, that he can do better playing wise. I mean, that's always the case, and it's been that was that way with the other guys too. I mean, but um, I'm excited how far he's come, and I think he's primed to play his very best here at the end. I really he's do. He's obviously had good plays for you guys, the home run plays, but maybe not. I mean, obviously you've got a different skills skill guys around mm -hmm. him too, but. Has that been interesting for you two to adjust to sort of what he really likes and what he's best at and how it can best serve the offense? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been fun. Um, and, and like I said, there was an adjustment from from Baker to Kyler and, and an adjustment here. Knew there would be. And whoever's the quarterback next year, there'll be an adjustment to them too. I mean, that's you got to fit it to what they do well. And I, I think we've found our way. Um, in some respects, and in some respects, we're still we're still learning, and I, I think we'll continue to find more and more things that, that not only fit him but our whole offense. Barry, yeah, uh, Lincoln. In terms of Jalen's fumbling, how much of that is just attributed to stepping up to a more physical conference? <laughs> I like where you're going with that. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, he's fumbled against Baylor and TCU, two teams that can hit you pretty good. It's well, you know, we were talking you know, as offensive staff. I mean, I think the league defensively right now, there's, there's, this is a good defensive league right now. I don't care what people want to say on the outside. It is. There's a lot of good defenses in this league right now, including ours. And um, it's a physical league. There's been a lot of very, very physical games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, I, I thought in some respects the other night his ball security had been a huge uh, emphasis point last week. I thought, you know, between the tackles and in some of the runs, it was much, much improved. There's still a few that got to get better. 
the one breakaway was just it was kind of like it was kind of like a spring in a new leak, really. I mean, we, you know, he just he just didn't see the guy. I mean, he thought he was walking in the end zone, and he's still, you know, he's got to have the ball in better position. But you know, yeah, he's he's carrying it a lot, you know, and he's a little more susceptible to it just because he's, you know, the last couple of weeks he's carried it over 25 times a game, and uh, so. But you know, for us to for us to win and be able to separate, like Al's question in the beginning, he's got to hang on to it. Uh, just you know, plain and simple. Eric Bailey. Lincoln, many have been accustomed to just long or quick scoring drives by your offense, but ten times last twelve touchdown drives have been ten plays or more. As a play caller, is that a test to your patience, or are you just pleased with seeing the execution here in those long drawn out drives? No, because I mean we've had we've had both over the years, and and I definitely have a respect for the value of being able to to drive it too. And I think we've still got a lot of quick strike ability and. We were, we had three or four the other night that I mean we probably combined missed by about four feet that were, you know, all monster monster plays and so those will come. I mean those we're, we're going to continue to hit those and uh, and make a lot of big plays. But having the ability, especially here at the end of the season, to to move the ball, uh, chew a lot of clock, you know, dominate play numbers. I mean um, total play numbers. I mean those are. They've obviously been a big factor here the last couple of weeks, and we'll we'll need both though going forward. Ryan Abram, Lincoln seems like for most of the year, as the defense goes, so goes Kenneth Murray and vice versa. His the way he's played the last couple of games is that a uh, him playing better? Is it adjusting to maybe some of the, the ways that offenses have adjusted to, to what he was able to do so successfully earlier in the season, or is there a little bit of both? Um, I mean, he's an important player for us. He plays an important position. He's a leader. You know, he's certainly at or near the top of the list of our defensive guys that, that, that make, you know, kind of the splash plays, the wow plays, the plays that kind of get you going. Um, but um, yeah, he's done well. I mean, I think he's he still had some a few critical mistakes the last few weeks that have hurt us. So, I mean, he's still got to continue to grow and get better. But he's uh, – He's playing faster. He's playing more instinctive. Um, but there's, you know, he can, he can, he's making a lot of really good plays. But he can, kind of like Jalen, he can, he can definitely play at another level for us. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, he's he's definitely a part of it. But when we've played good, it's been, it's been more about, you know, team defense, guys on the same page, and everybody flying to the football. Up next on the Locked On Sooners podcast, we'll hear more from Lincoln Riley, and we'll see how Lon Kruger's boys did last night in their game up in Kansas City. Plus, the Heisman Watch. All that's next on Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
Welcome to the Locked On Sooners Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we're back. Before we get to Lincoln Riley, let's check in on the round ballers. Sooner Basketball. The Sooners started the week on the cusp of the AP Top 25. They entered the poll yesterday at number 26. And then they got their heads handed to them last night in Kansas City, 73-54 by Stanford. Stanford now jumped out to a 17-0 lead. They scored the first 17 points of the game, and really, OU never got any closer than that. The game was played at the Sprint Center in Kansas City, part of the National College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic, but this one probably goes in OU's Hall of Shame. It was uh, Sooners' first loss of the season. Austin Reeves led OU with 17 points on 6 of 14 shooting, and Brady Manick scored 10. Alondis Williams scored 12 for Oklahoma, and uh, you know what? That's where we'll leave this one. The Sooners are now 5-1 and one and play in the consolation game tonight against old Big 8 rival Missouri. That's right. Missouri is in this thing, too. That game starts at 6 o'clock on ESPN News. All right, let's get back into some Lincoln Riley from yesterday. The confidence in the defense, did it kind of click? Could you see that kind of building throughout the week? Um, what, what brought them up to, I guess, to play that level? Oh, it's just, I think, the expectations, um, you know, and I think I think some of it is us just continuing to improve, you know, gaining confidence in the scheme and each other, coaches. I mean, it's, that's still, in a lot of ways, and it's, if not infant stages, still not, not far off that. And, uh, you know, if, we're, if our players are approaching it the right way and if we're coaching them the right way, then this is when it should be its best. And uh, so... Yeah, guys have flown around, you know, made a lot of big plays. I think our our front, you know, has been very active, which has certainly been a big key. And then we, we played very well in the secondary the other night, too. So, um, I mean, this is when you should be at your best. And uh, that's we've, we've worked hard, and and uh, the guys continue to have great attitudes and a great approach each week, and I think that's why we're getting better. Gary, you make? Yeah, Lincoln, you said something a little bit ago that was really interesting. I don't care what anyone says. We play good defense in, in this league. I, I still, it still seems obvious that you and, and a lot of other teams in this conference are still battling an interception based on some scores and some yardage totals and quarterback play for the last four or five years that mm-hmm. skewed the, the attention to offense. Sure. Does it help you to win a game like you did Saturday, 28-24, as opposed to say when you went to Stillwater a couple of years ago and it was like 60 to 50, 62-52, to, to win late season games? more traditionally, more comfortable, you know what I mean, where it's more of a balance, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, at the end of the day, winning's winning. Um, but I do think people that know football, if they take a true look at what a lot of these defenses in this league are doing right now, um, they're going to see really, really quality defenses, quality coordinators. Um, you know, just you can just feel it. I mean, ever ever I just feel like everybody's a little bit better defensively, you know, than it's been. It just seems challenges are there, and and uh, you see, you know, scoring's a little bit down. I think across the conference, there's been way more low scoring games, and I I credit that. I mean, I I still see a lot of offensive firepower. Um, there's quite a few new quarterbacks in the league right now, which may be a factor too. But I do think there's still quite a bit of firepower in the league. But I, I just think there's more teams playing really good quality defense. And um, you, know, you just kind of feel that as a whole right now. So, yeah, I mean, it's, and, you know, these things are always, you know, going spurts. There's always trends. But I think it's, uh, 
I know what I see on tape, you know, and, and week in and week out, I'm seeing a lot of good defenses in this league. But as a follow-up, there are perceptions, and I'm, yeah. you know where I'm going with it. Yeah, right? but I mean, you know, the perceptions, like we've said before, are always, they're just a lot of times without merit, you know. we Like we talked about last year, the Chiefs and Rams go play a game, and everybody's like, oh, it's the greatest NFL game we've ever seen, and we're like, ah, that's... Every you know that's been every Big Twelve game for the last five years, and so what's what's good, what's not. I mean, I you know people are going to argue that, dispute that on the outside, no matter what happens. But I just I, I, I know this league. You know, I've been in it for a long time, and I two things right now that really stand out. I think there's a lot of quality defenses in this league, maybe more than we've had in a long, long time. And then I think the the parity, the difference between top and bottom, not nearly, there's, everybody's pretty good and everybody's capable of beating everybody and more than maybe any point that I can ever remember, which is, tells you this league is, is healthy and extremely, extremely competitive right now. Okay, Poppers, Bill? Yeah, Lincoln, three and out takeaway, something we're hearing from every mm -hmm. defensive player the last couple of weeks. How did you guys decide to go to that? practice format and do you think it's working? Yeah, I mean, I think you're always searching for ways to just to try to make practices as game-like as you possibly can. And it's been a way for us instead of just, and we obviously practice situations like everybody does, but instead of just mindlessly running a lot of plays in a row to make it more game-like where you you know, create some of the same emotions of, all right, man, we got a three and out and feeling good and off the field, or okay, they got a first down, now we got to get a three and out or a takeaway, regardless if, if something, you know, something bad happened to us or they made a play, how do we respond? And it just puts our guys in that scenario a little bit more often. So uh, our defensive staff came up with it and, and our guys have really taken to it. John Hoover. On um, Lincoln making adjustments in-game adjustments, and I guess that, that word gets tossed around a lot, whether mm -hmm. it's public, fans, media, whatever. Sure. Um, is some of that sometimes as simple as just recognizing that something's not working? For instance, I'll, you know, I don't know if this is, qualifies as an adjustment or semantics or what we're talking about, but the passing game was maybe not clicking at a high level, so you come out second half and decide you're going to run it a little more, or the running game's working, and so you emphasize it a little more. Is it as simple as that sometimes? Um. No, <laughs> not really. Um, just because there's, yeah, I just kind of always come down like, you know, what's your, what's your formula for winning this game? And sometimes you have an idea going in and, and that definitely can shift and fluctuate as the game unfolds. And, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of factors in it. Um, certainly, I would say this, us running the football the way we did the other night had a lot more to do with just how well we were running it as opposed to any lack of confidence in our throwing game. I, I'll, I'll take our quarterback and our receivers against anybody. But when you're running it like we were, it was hard to – honestly, it was just – I didn't have much of a reason to stop. I mean, you know, the we just – you know, we ran it we ran it really, really well against a team that defends the run very, very well. And uh, that was really exciting. Okay, over here, Myron Patton. Uh, are opposing defenses playing different late this late in the year, trying to take away big plays and maybe make you drive the ball, pinfall drive, pinfall drives? And on top of that, are you concerned about Jalen's carries? He's at 180 right now. He got his three games left. Must he carried out round 154? Any concern there about just the number of carries he's got? 
Um, as far as I, I don't, I mean, the question about how defense is doing, it's very general. I mean, everybody's, you know, everybody's got, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C, you know, and so you, that fluctuates throughout the game. I, we still certainly had an opportunity to hit our big ones the other night. Like I said, we were just a, a fraction off, whether it was routes, throws, whatever. We were just, just a tick off. And uh, so we got to be better there. Um, as far as his number of carries, yeah, do I wish it was a little lower? Probably a little bit. Um, but I'm also, that's a part of who he is as a player, you know, and it's, it's, it's been, you know, it's not like whatever he's got right now, 170, 180, whatever it is. I mean, it's not like he's got that for 500 yards right now. You know, I mean, he's, he's, it's been extremely, extremely effective. And uh, so, you know, it's been good. Our backs have been really involved here the last couple of weeks. I want to keep getting them involved, but, you know, Jalen carrying it is going to be part of who we are. Up next on the Locked On Sooners podcast, we'll finish up with Lincoln Riley and we'll see where Jalen Hurts stands in this week's Heisman Watch. All that's next on the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So about seven years ago, I was asked by the Heisman Trophy Trust to represent the state of Oklahoma. It's a cool deal, I'm not gonna lie. It's it's a really big honor because I get to pick the Heisman voters in our state. If someone doesn't you know, adhere to the Heisman policies or if they just forget to get their vote in, if they don't vote, or if someone moves away no, or no longer you know, gets out of the business and doesn't cover college football anymore, the Heisman Trust puts it in my hands to select the next voter in Oklahoma. We got 22 votes here in Oklahoma it's a lot of responsibility, and I take it seriously. And of the 22 current voters, I've had to appoint 14 of them. So it's very important work, and I think it's a huge honor, and I take it very seriously. My pick of the next voter always goes to people whose work I respect and whose reputation I trust. All that is to say, several of my voters this week have begun asking me, Hey, man, shouldn't I have heard from someone in New York by now? Do, uh, do the Heisman people know I'm voting this year? Hey, uh, Hoover, when does the ballot come out? It's funny, it happens every year, but I tell, always tell them, be patient, don't worry, there's still plenty of time, you're in the electorate, you're going to get your vote. There's still one week left in the regular season, and then of course championship week, and then you get to send in your vote. Anyway, let's see what the straw polls think of Jalen Hurts this week. Heisman Watch. Over at USA Today, Joe Burrow is running away with it. Uh, the quarterback at LSU has all 20 first place votes for 60 points. Jalen Hurts is second place. He got 12 second place votes and six third place votes. He's at 30 points. Chase Young, the defensive end from Ohio State, has five second place votes, three third place votes, and he has 13 points. Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields has 13 points on two second place votes and nine third place votes. And then Chuba Hubbard at Oklahoma State, the fantastic running back who leads the nation in rushing. He's got two points on one second place vote. At ESPN, Joe Burrow is running away with it there as well. He's got eight first-place votes out of 10. He's got 48 total points. Chase Young has jumped over Jalen Hurts into second place. He now has 40 points and got the other two first-place votes. Justin Fields has 23 total points. And Jalen Hurts has slid to fourth place in the ESPN Heisman Watch. He's got 13 total points and has no more first-place votes. And in fifth place, Chuba Hubbard. At Oklahoma State. He didn't get any first place votes, but he does have 10 total points right behind Hertz. 
And at the Athletic, Jalen Hurts experienced a similar slide down to fourth place behind Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and Justin Fields. Burrow now has a commanding lead with 148 points and 47 of 50 first place votes, while Chase Young is second with 68 points and the other three first place votes. Justin Fields is third, took over third place last week from from Hertz. Hertz is now fourth with 27 points. Justin Fields is third with 35 points. And in fifth place with the Athletic is Chuba Hubbard, who is fifth with 12 points and got one first place vote. All right, let's finish up with a little more from Lincoln Riley yesterday. Yeah, this is multiple uh, games in a row. You guys, your defense has come up with game-changing plays at the end. What has that done for the psyche and the confidence of your defense late in the game? Yeah, I think a lot. I mean, I think think any time when something's new, when you can have success, particularly in critical moments in games, that does nothing but build the confidence, trust um, that – that we can do it all the time. So it, it always increases buy-in and belief, and those are two big parts of, of playing great football. And uh, I would say ours defensively is at a at a, at a good point right now. Yeah. Coach Chuba Hubbard has had a spectacular yeah. year. Uh, wondering if the loss of Spencer Sanders does anything differently now that Drew Brown's in there with him. It seems like they're getting some screens and some, some more balls to him. And just overall, your thoughts on Chuba? Yeah, no, yeah, hard to say. Right now, I mean, it's, you know, it's only been a game, you know, so a little difficult to say, you know, how much of an adjustment that will be. I mean, certainly playing with a new quarterback, even though this guy's been at their place and has played a lot of ball, it's not like they're bringing some freshman off the bench that had never played. Um, but yeah, hard to say how much different it'll be. There's just not a, not a ton to study there. Um, yeah, Chuba, I know I said the other night. I mean, he's yeah, he's fantastic. I mean, he's you know he's had an had an elite year. They've done a great job using him. Lines done a good job blocking for him. Um, and he's got a great combination. I mean, he's got breakaway speed. He's got power. He's caught the ball well all year. Made several plays in the passing game. Had a bunch of big ones last week against West Virginia in the in the throw game. And he's had a lot of attention on him each and every week, and still continue to produce. So now he seems like a seems like a great kid, and he's playing his tail off. I mean, that's you know he's he's certainly one of the best backs we've had in the league in a while. Tyler Palmatier. You mentioned earlier in the year that you didn't think Jalen would lead you in rushing, or maybe probably even should. But uh, you, you, know, you said now you wish he maybe had some fewer carries. When did you realize that, and kind of come to terms with the fact that this was probably what the, he was going to be and what the offense was going to was going to look more like? Well, I always felt like he would run it, you know, more for us this year, and probably a little more than what we had done with the other guys. That wasn't a surprise, and some of it, some of it's a little skewed early because. Our backfield was pretty deep, and then we just had so many games where we played such a few amount of plays. I mean, and it, it's um, – so, I mean, really the the high-volume carry games have really been the last couple of weeks. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I always felt like it was going to be a good weapon for us and be pretty tough to stop. Um, so you never can sit there at the beginning of the year and completely perfectly lay it out. we still got a long ways to go here too, so um, – but. I like how it's evolved. I think it's you know made our run game, you know, a little more versatile. The front, yeah, Coach uh, Kennedy Brooks has had an uptick in production the last three weeks. Uh, aside from just getting more carries, what do you see as the primary reason that his yardage has increased? Well, we've played better up front. Um, I think 
like we've talked a lot about, just those guys getting healthy and having some continuity there. Um, I've been a part of it. I think Kennedy's starting to get more in sync with with those guys and how you know how we're gonna how we're gonna handle and leverage different blocks. And we've just been more on the same page. That's maybe the best way that I can describe it. And it's certainly. You know, him being the feature guy and being able to get him more carries and, and into the flow of it a little bit more has, has, has helped as well. And he's always been a guy that's played pretty good late in years. And uh, you know, hopefully uh, he can keep that up. Back, Dale Buckingham. Coach OSU's forced 11 turnovers last five games. As an offensive mind, how do you kind of dissect the success they've had getting turnovers last couple months? Yeah, they've been active. I mean, they've they've ripped a couple of balls out, and then they've uh, they've been very opportunistic um, in the throw game. It, it, you watch them. The majority of the ones that are interceptable, they've 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 made the plays, you know, and so that's. Uh, you know they've they've done a nice job with it. It's obviously been key in, in several of their wins, especially the especially uh, against Iowa State. I know certainly you know that one definitely comes to mind. TCU, um, yeah, they've it's been a big part of what they've done. So um, give them a lot of credit. They've made the plays when they've been there. That's it for today's show. Locked on Sooners will be back Wednesday. It's a pre-Thanksgiving show, and we're going to see how tonight's college football playoff rankings shake out. We're going to take a trip around the Big 12 Conference, and in addition to the usual Wednesday press pass segment, which this week is one of my favorites, it's my franchise pal Dylan Buckingham, this is also going to be our first crossover Wednesday. You're going to hear from Colby Powell, my former franchise radio co-host, who now hosts Locked On Pokes. You should give him a listen this week as well. The Locked On Sooners podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John Hoover, and you can follow me on Twitter at John E. Hoover, on Facebook at John E. Hoover Media, on YouTube at John Hoover. Find all my columns, stories, blogs, and more at thefranchiseok.com. And don't forget to follow the Locked On Sooners podcast on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. Hit that subscribe button, share your Locked On Sooners podcast with your friends, and I would really love it if you left me a comment or a rating. Thanks for listening. See you guys.